Hi, grade fours. Uh, we are continuing with our last recording of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets by J.K. Rowling. We are on chapter 18, which is called Dobby's Reward. We are about halfway through, so we will be finishing the book today. Um, and Harry is in Dumbledore's office talking to him about whether or not he really should have been placed in Gryffindor or not. So let's find out. Dumbledore reached across to Professor McGonagall's desk, picked up the bloodstained silver sword, and handed it to Harry. Dully, Harry turned it over, the rubies blazing in the firelight, and then he saw the name engraved just below the hilt. Godric Gryffindor. Only a true Gryffindor could have pulled that out of the hat, Harry said Dumbledore simply. For a minute, neither of them spoke. Then Dumbledore pulled open one of the drawers in Professor McGonagall's desk and took out a quill and a bottle of ink. What you need, Harry, is some food and sleep. I suggest you go down to the feast while I write to Azkaban. We need our gamekeeper back. And I must draft an advertisement for the Daily Prophet, too, he added thoughtfully. We'll be needing a new defense against the dark arts teacher. Dear me, we do seem to run through them, don't we? Harry got up and crossed to the door. He had just reached for the handle, however, when the door burst open so violently that it bounced back off the wall. Lucius Malfoy stood there, fury in his face, and cowering under his arm, heavily wrapped in bandages, was Dobby. Good evening, Lucius, said Dumbledore pleasantly. Mr. Malfoy almost knocked Harry over as he swept into the room. Dobby went scurrying in after him, crouching at the hem of his cloak, a look of abject terror on his face. So, said Lucius Malfoy, his cold eyes fixed on Dumbledore, you've come back. The governor suspended you, but you still saw fit to return to Hogwarts. Well, you see, Lucius, said Dumbledore, smiling serenely. The other 11 governors contacted me today. It was something like being caught in the hailstorm of owls, to tell the truth. They'd heard that Arthur Weasley's daughter had been killed and wanted me back here at once. They seemed to think I was the best man for the job after all. Very strange tales they told me, too. Several of them seemed to think that you had threatened to curse their families if they didn't agree to suspend me in the first place. Mr. Malfoy went even paler than usual, but his eyes were still slits of fury. So, have you stopped the attacks yet? He sneered. Have you caught the culprit? We have, said Dumbledore with a smile. Well, said Mr. Malfoy sharply, who is it? The same person as last time, Lucius, said Dumbledore. But this time, Lord Voldemort was acting through somebody else by means of this diary. He held up the small black book with the large hole through the center, watching Mr. Malfoy closely. Harry, however, was watching Dobby. The elf was doing something very odd. His great eyes fixed meaningfully on Harry. He kept pointing at the diary, then at Mr. Malfoy, and then hitting himself hard on the head with his fist. I see, said Mr. Malfoy slowly to Dumbledore. A clever plan, said Dumbledore in a level voice, still staring Mr. Malfoy straight in the eye, because if Harry here, 
Mr. Malfoy shot Harry a swift, sharp look. And his friend Ron hadn't discovered this book. Why, Ginny Weasley might have taken all the blame. No one would ever have been able to prove she hadn't acted of her own free will. Mr. Malfoy said nothing. His face was suddenly mask-like. And imagine, Dumbledore went on, what might have happened then. The Weasleys are one of our most prominent pure-blood families. Imagine the effect on Arthur Weasley and his Muggle Protection Act if his own daughter was discovered attacking and killing Muggleborns. Very fortunate the diary was discovered and Riddle's memories wiped from it. Who knows what the consequences might have been otherwise. Mr. Malfoy forced himself to speak. Very fortunate, he said stiffly. And still, behind his back, Dobby was pointing first to the diary, then to Lucius Malfoy, then punching himself in the head. And Harry suddenly understood. He nodded at Dobby, and Dobby backed into a corner, now twisting his ears in punishment. Don't you want to know how Ginny got hold of that diary, Mr. Malfoy? said Harry. Lucius Malfoy rounded on him. How should I know how the stupid little girl got a hold of it, he said. Because you gave it to her, said Harry, in flourishing blocks. You picked up her old transfiguration book and slipped the diary inside it, didn't you? He saw Mr. Malfoy's white hands clench and unclench. Prove it, he hissed. Oh, no one will be able to do that, said Dumbledore, smiling at Harry. Not now Riddle has vanished from the book. On the other hand, I would advise you, Lucius, not to go giving out any more of Lord Voldemort's old school things. If any more of them find their way into innocent hands, I think Arthur Weasley, for one, will make sure they are traced back to you. Lucius Malfoy stood for a moment, and Harry distinctly saw his right hand twitch as though he was longing to reach for his wand. Instead, he turned to his house elf. We're going, Dobby. He wrenched open the door, and as the elf came hurrying up to him, he kicked him right through it. They could hear Dobby squealing with pain all the way along the corridor. Harry stood for a moment, thinking hard. Then it came to him. Professor Dumbledore, he said hurriedly, can I have that diary back? Can I give it back to Mr. Malfoy, please? Certainly, Harry, said Dumbledore calmly. But hurry, the feast, remember? Harry grabbed the diary and dashed out of the office. He could hear Dobby's squeals of pain receding around the corner. Quickly, wondering if this plan could possibly work, Harry took off one of his shoes, pulled off his slimy, filthy sock, and stuffed the diary into it. Then he ran down the dark corridor. He caught up with them at the top of the stairs. Mr. Malfoy, he gasped, skidding to a halt. I've got something for you. And he forced the smelly sock into Lucius Malfoy's hand. What the? Mr. Malfoy ripped the sock off the diary, threw it aside, then looked furiously from the ruined book to Harry. You'll meet the same sticky end as your parents one of these days, Harry Potter, he said softly. They were meddlesome fools, too. He turned to go. Come, Dobby. I said come. But Dobby didn't move. He was holding up Harry's disgusting slimy sock, and looking as though it were a priceless treasure. Master has given Dobby a sock, said the elf in wonderment. Master gave it to Dobby. What's that? spat Mr. Malfoy. What did you say? Dobby has got a sock, 
said Dobby in disbelief. Master threw it, and Dobby caught it, and Dobby... Dobby is free! Lucius Malfoy stood frozen, staring at the elf. Then he lunged at Harry. You've lost me my servant, boy! But Dobby shouted, You shall not harm Harry Potter! There was a loud bang, and Mr. Malfoy was thrown backwards. He crashed down the stairs, three at a time, landing in a crumpled heap on the landing below. He got up, his face livid, and pulled out his wand, but Dobby raised a long, threatening finger. You shall go now, he said fiercely, pointing down at Mr. Malfoy. You shall not touch Harry Potter. You shall go now. Lucius Malfoy had no choice. With a last, incensed stare at the pair of them, he swung his cloak around him and hurried out of sight. Harry Potter freed Dobby, said the elf shrilly, gazing up at Harry. Moonlight from the nearest window reflected on his orb-like eyes. Harry Potter set Dobby free. Least I could do, Dobby, said Harry, grinning. Just promise never to try and save my life again. The elf's ugly brown face split suddenly into a wide, toothy smile. I've just got one question, Dobby, said Harry, as Dobby pulled on Harry's sock with shaking hands. You told me all this had nothing to do with he who must not be named. Remember? Well, it was a clue, sir, said Dobby, his eyes widening as though this was obvious. Dobby was giving you a clue. The Dark Lord, before he changed his name, could be freely named, you see. Right said Harry weakly. Well, I'd better go. There's a feast, and my friend Hermione should be awake by now. Dobby threw his arms around Harry's middle and hugged him. Harry Potter is greater by far than Dobby knew, he sobbed. Farewell, Harry Potter. And with a final loud crack, Dobby disappeared. Harry had been to several Hogwarts feasts, but never one quite like this. Everybody was in their pajamas and the celebrations lasted all night. Harry didn't know whether the best bit was Hermione running towards him screaming, You solved it! You solved it! Or Justin hurrying over from the Hufflepuff table to wring his hand and apologize endlessly for suspecting him. Or Hagrid turning up at half past three, cuffing Harry and Ron so hard on their shoulders that they were knocked into their plates of trifle. Or his and Ron's 400 points scoring Gryffindor the house cup for the second year running. Or Professor McGonagall standing up to tell them all that the exams had been cancelled as a school treat. Oh no, said Hermione. Or Dumbledore announcing that, unfortunately, Professor Lockhart would be unable to return next year, owning to the fact, owing to the fact that he needed to go away and get his memory back. Quite a few of the teachers joined in the cheering that greeted this news. Shame, said Ron, helping himself to a jam donut. He was starting to grow on me. The rest of the summer term passed in a haze of blazing sunshine. Hogwarts was back to normal, with only a few small differences. Defense against the dark arts classes were cancelled. But we've had plenty of practice at that anyway, Ron told disgruntled Hermione. <clears throat> and Lucius Malfoy had been sacked as a school governor. Draco was no longer strutting around the school as though he owned the place. On the contrary, he looked resentful and sulky, or sulky. 
On the other hand, Ginny Weasley was perfectly happy again. Too soon, it was time for the journey home on the Hogwarts Express. Harry, Ron, Hermione, Fred, George, and Ginny got a compartment to themselves. They made the most of the last few hours in which they were allowed to do magic before the holidays. They played Exploding Snap, set off the very last of Fred and George's filibuster fireworks, and practiced disarming each other by magic. Harry was getting very good at it. They were almost at King's Cross when Harry remembered something. Ginny, what did you see Percy doing that he didn't want you to tell anyone? Oh, that, said Ginny, giggling. Well, Percy's got a girlfriend. Fred dropped a stack of books on George's head. What? It's that Ravenclaw prefect, Penelope Clearwater, said Ginny. That's who he was writing to all last summer. He's been meeting her all over the school in secret. I walked in on them kissing in an empty classroom one day. He was so upset when she was, you know, attacked. You won't tease him, will you? She said anxiously. Wouldn't dream of it, said Fred, who was looking as if his birthday had come early. Definitely not, said George, sniggering. The Hogwarts Express slowed and finally stopped. Harry pulled out his quill and a bit of parchment and turned to Ron and Hermione. This is called a telephone number, he told Ron, scribbling it twice, tearing the parchment in two and handing it to them. I told your dad how to use a telephone last summer. He'll know. Call me at the Dursleys, okay? I can't stand another two months with only Dudley to talk to. Your aunt and uncle will be proud, though, won't they? said Hermione as they got off the train and joined the crowd thronging toward the enchanted barrier. When they hear what you did this year? Proud, said Harry. Are you mad? All those times I could have died and I didn't manage it? They'll be furious. And together they walked back through the gateway to the muggle world. And that is officially the end of Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. I am really happy that I still got to read you this book. I know you read the first one in grade three, so I hope that you enjoyed it as well. Um, now is the time where usually in class I would have had us watch the movie. Um, so if your parents are okay with it, please take some time um, in the next week or two and watch this movie. It's one of my favorites. Bye, everybody.